Welcome to the Cashflow Guys radio show with your hosts, Tyler Chef and Leo Young. It's time to learn to earn. Welcome to Cashflow Guys Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode, we're going to be talking about for sale by owners and how to market your property successful. So if you are someone that wants to sell their home by themselves, stay tuned for the secrets on how to market your property successfully. Welcome, everybody, to the Cashflow Guys podcast, episode five. As Leo said earlier, we're, we're going to, this is going to be a continuation of our last episode where we talked about for sale by owner, FISBOs. In the previous episode, if you listened to that, we talked about valuation, uh, how to find comparable sales, how to look for an appraiser, how to price your property, property effectively for the best price possible which meets your needs. In this episode, we're going to start talking about marketing it for sale, another critical key component. This is the this is the point of delineation where a successful for sale by owner person is uh is differentiated from an unsuccessful for sale by owner. Don't you think the marketing of the property is is, is the most critical part? Well, absolutely, because if nobody can find out that it's for sale, guess what? It's not going to sell. Yeah, it won't sell. <laughs> absolutely. So, talking about that, how to market a Fisbo. You know, I've sat through and enough training classes as a realtor that for over the last 15 years of the different ways that we as realtors are supposed to talk you people into giving us thousands of dollars to sell your home. And, you know, a little short speech about that. It'll take just a second. Really, you know, when people ask me, what, is the, what, the, what value do you bring to the table as an agent? Why, why, why should I pay you? Exactly. <laughs> the key is, for me, it's my negotiating skills. You know, you have to ask yourself, I, people tell me I'm an expert negotiator, and I am. I'm, I've spent many, many years refining my negotiating skills. And you have to ask yourself, do, when you're working with a skilled negotiator, what side of the table do you want them on? Do you want them on the same side as you, representing you, or do you want them on the other side? So that's, you know... That's As we talked earlier in the past episode, that's an important piece, and that comes into the marketing piece is getting the word out there. Marketing your home is not rocket science. It's not hard, and the, the secret sauce here, the, the true secret to success in marketing your home is that, are you ready for this? Everything works. Nothing doesn't. There you go. If you just put a sign, one of the 595 Walmart, Home Depot, whatever signs out in the front yard, and have the, the number faded out because you've been on the market that long, that, that, that shows us that you're not trying. And it shows very poorly. It's a bad reflection it's on the house. It's a bad reflection on the home. I've seen that in front of multi-million dollar houses. I don't understand it. So we'll get more into the sign here in a second. Uh, Leo, let's talk about flyers um, and photographs. This is the thing that kind of kills me. When, when, and just like you were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, you know, why hire a realtor? Realtors come in, typically the ones that, um, that we know and, and talk to, and they come in with this big marketing package, and we're going to market it this way and market it that way and, and do all this kind of stuff. And most of the time that's uh, – I don't want to say that's a lot of fluff, 
but it some of it is. It's a little bit of a lipstick and mascara kind of thing. Um, what really a, a real estate agent's value is negotiating. That that really is it. Having said that, to the point, marketing the property is super super important, and real estate agencies do a really really good job at marketing it. One of the things they do very very well is they put together a flyer that'll have enough information but not overwhelm the the prospective buyer with that flyer they're going to have fantastic pictures now when we go to for sale by owner homes you'll see it it has a sign in the yard and it has a phone number on it well just by doing only that you're going to have probably 50% of those buyers have no compulsion to make that phone call. What's going to give them the compulsion to make the call? A good flyer. <clears throat> so having a box hanging out underneath that sign, buy a nice sign, get a good one. That little stick in the ground $2 sign gets stolen and it looks bad. It's a poor reflection. Get a good for sale by owner sign with a large pin, write the number on there, and go ahead and buy a flyer box. Actually, go one step beyond that, Leo, and just have a sign professionally made. Don't even write it in your phone numbers and things like that because it's, it's cheesy. You know, you can go to a local sign shop, uh, like if you're up in Newport Ritchie, 72-hour print. Yep. I think they charge, I don't know, 15 20 bucks 20 to make a custom sign for you. Have it done. Make a couple of them in case they, get, they wander off because they tend to wander off or they, they blow away or whatever, and put that up. You can order rent us the same signpost that realtors use. You don't have to be a realtor to rent one. It costs you twenty twenty five bucks to have a professional signpost put up. Yep. Think yep. about spending that money. It it makes it shows that you are taking that extra effort. The same effort a real estate agent would put into it as well. And it shows that you're not going to be taken for granted and you're here to sell your house. You're serious about this. Throw that flyer box on there and make sure you've got good flyers. Now Here's the thing with a good flyer. It gives enough information to f- for the uh, person that's looking at it to take the next step. That's the key to a good flyer. What is that next step, Leo? The next step is picking up the phone and calling to see if you can schedule an appointment to come see the inside. Absolutely. Good pictures are important. We hire those out. We don't take pictures. We actually have a professional photographer that what he does is he takes real estate pictures. He knows where to put the camera to show the space properly. He knows how to position and light it and get pictures. To, how, how much does he cost? Is it a, a 90, 90 bucks? Yeah. 90 bucks to take professional pictures, and he'll take 20 of them. Put them on the flyer. Never use black and white. Never, 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 never use black and white. Put a good flyer together. It should be no more than a front and a back. If you got it, if you have to staple it, you got too much information. Absolutely. You know, and, and pictures, we use a professional photographer on every single property we sell. High and low. Doesn't yep, matter. Absolutely. There is one. The only exception is when the house has been condemned, because we do do a lot of flips and things like that. And when they're that bad, we use the iPhone to show people the real major problems with the house. We don't want those. We don't definitely don't want uh, to make the house look better than it actually is. But, you know, professional photographer, real estate photographer, and that's the key is they're, they're a real estate photographer. That they, Their job behind the camera is, lit, is tied into making real estate look better. 
Right. They'll hire just a general photographer, somebody who takes portraits. Not that they can't do it, but they're not going to do, I don't think the end result is going to be as good. Camera position is critical, how they corner it, what they're showing. They, it's a process, and you can really, really tell who's doing a good job and who's not. Absolutely. A little ninja secret just for you guys out there that are listening about flyers. Those of you that don't have the graphic arts skills like me, you can, and you don't have an assistant. Well, I do have an assistant, and she does my flyers for me. But you can go on Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R. Fiverr. It's the word five and then two R's behind it. Two R's. Fiverr.com. Cost you $5. They'll, you'll have a virtual assistant make you your flyer. Cost $5. They'll send you a couple examples. Your job is to pick one based on their, their rating. You pay them the $5. You send them your photographs via email, and they take those photographs, and we'll make up a flyer for you. Just tell them the details of the house and kind of what you want to say, and they'll they'll do the whole thing for you. And it costs you five bucks in about ten minutes of your life. Yeah, it's really invasive. You can just dump it to them, and you don't pay them until you get a finished copy of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great stuff. Let's talk uh, briefly. We'll start and before our break about talking about the online advertising of the property. Critical component. Here's why. Especially down here in Florida, the the majority of your buying off buying audience is coming from up north. Yep, I guarantee you. Yep, I absolutely guarantee you. It's already snowing up in New York and mm-hmm. Connecticut and everywhere else up there in Chicago. So getting it out on the internet, getting that international audience. We just sold a house recently um, to someone in Germany. I've sold them people in Australia, and and it, and if I wasn't online, they would never know that those houses were out there for sale. So. You know, using websites like Zillow, like Trulia, uh, Zillow, you can you don't have to be an agent to advertise on Zillow. You can advertise on there for free. Fizbo.com, I believe they do have a fee at Fizbo.com. But there, it is a paid site, I believe, yeah, yes. There are plenty of free resources out there. Zillow being one of the largest, Postlets is a huge, huge platform, and it's a syndication site. So if you use, go to Postlets.com, it's P-O-S-T. L-E-T-S, postlets.com. It's a company that's owned by Zillow. So if you post your uh, property for sale on Postlets, it automatically syndicates it to a great number of sites for you automatically. It will also format the ad and help you cut and paste it on Craigslist. So that's a pretty powerful tool. And the price is nothing. It's free. It's zero. Yeah, it, it's huge. And the, the thing that people don't take into consideration when they're selling their house for, uh, for themselves, they got to work to sell it. you got to put the hours in to do it. And the traffic driving by your house is probably not very much. More than likely, you live in a neighborhood. You may get, you know, 70 cars a day. Uh, how do you get more traffic? How do you you put it on the internet? Your first point of research is going to be in the internet, so you got to get it out there and do those online searches. And ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is take a little break right now. I am Leo Young with my partner Tyler Chef. We're the Cash Flow Guys. Stay tuned. Future Home Realty is a proud sponsor of the Cash Flow Guys podcast. Our philosophy is to provide our agents with the best education in the industry, matched with an aggressive compensation plan that makes sense for you. Future Home agents make more because they keep more, a lot more. If you are a licensed agent and you're trapped by a compensation plan that is not in your favor, give us a call at 727-417-9696. That's 727-417-9696. Today is the day to take control of your career 
and your checkbook. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cashflow Guys podcast. My name is Leo Young. My host sitting right beside me is Tyler Sheff, and we left you all with a little information on marketing your FISBO, your for sale by owner, and uh, online marketing secrets. Zillow, Trulia, ForSaleByOwner.com, Postlets, and Craigslist. That's the ninja secret right there. Not many for, uh, FISBO folks know about Postlets and Craigslist and how powerful those free tools are to get that ad out in the marketplace. We're going to transition here to uh, to something that, Tyler, really not many people do this that are brokering or, or selling their own house. They don't even think about doing it, but hosting a broker open. I bet they don't even know what a broker open is. Well, no, they don't, and it's unfortunate. You know, they they think of uh, real estate agents and real estate brokers as competitors. The whole reason why they're selling by owner in a lot of cases is because they want to avoid the commission. And that's perfectly understandable. Nobody wants to give away thousands of dollars if they don't have to. Sure. However, you have to understand that for the mentality out there is that the buyers, they want representation in a lot of cases. Unless they're experienced investors, they will they take advantage of having a licensed agent representing them because they, they're, they're non-confrontational. They're not up to speed. They're not savvy on the real estate business on the procedures necessary to get a mortgage, to get it closed, get appraised, and all that. So the majority of your buying audience is already going to be represented by agents. Yeah. Uh, And it's important to welcome the agents into the house. You don't have to have them list the house necessarily. If you are a skilled negotiator, you can stand toe-to-toe with the best of the business, and and that's what you do. Those that are in the sales field and they're successful in sales and things like that, and you don't mind defending the value of your home, and you're prepared to do that, by all means, list it yourself. But invite, encourage other real estate agents to come in and show the home. Have them come by and preview, and a broker open is a great way to do that. Yeah. Reach out to the brokers in the area. Let them know that you have a house on the market. You'd love to have them drop by. Set a time. Do it during the week. Have them come by. Take a look at the house. You'll You'll pick up some some new hints on how to get it done. Now, a lot of agents, they're kind of down on the for sale by owner thing and they don't get it. And, uh, that, that happens, but we attend those on a regular basis and we enjoy them. Uh, we make a habit of going out and visiting new homes that come on the market that are by owner so that we can get, really get a good look at them and Absolutely. figure out what's, uh, what they're, why they're selling, you know, what their needs are and see if we can help bring a buyer that's qualified. And that's key word, a qualified buyer into the equation. Yeah. And it's one of those things was kind of crazy. You're, you're hundred percent right to your point. Most of the for sale by owner people think that realtors are, or realtors, I always say that wrong. I say that wrong consistently. Realtors are, um, are the enemy and they're not, they have the buyers. Absolutely. That's where the buyers are. They're represented by real estate agents. Open the house up. Call these folks. There are real estate companies in town, major, huge real estate companies that actually do, um, they used to call it a bus tour. It's not a bus tour anymore, but they'll they'll all caravan. Exactly. Absolutely. They'll all get in the car together, and they'll go preview the new listings, the new things on the market. Say, listen, Mr. Real Estate Agent Broker Person, I want to be on that list. Bring 30 real estate agents, buy the house. I want to hold it open so you can preview it. They've got the buyers. You want the sale, that's where the buyers are. Hold your own house open. Absolutely. And, you know, people say to me a lot of times with the sale, for sale by owners, they come up to us and they say, but I don't want to pay a commission. 
Well, here's the thing. When you set the price of your house, simply factor that in. Yeah. Here's what you have to understand as a home seller. When you sell your home, ask yourself this one question. Are you writing checks or are you receiving checks? I can answer that right now. What is it? You're receiving checks. Exactly. You don't so, write a check to sell your phone. Well, in a bad market, sometimes that may, that may happen well, occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. But, but typically, no, you're not writing a check when you're selling your house. You're getting a check. So factor that in. A good agent should be able to market effectively and price the home that will meet your needs and cover their commission. If that's not the case, then maybe you need to pick up the phone and give us a call. Yeah. The cash flow guys or go to our website, send us an email info at cashflowguys.com or give us a call at 727-417-9803. That's my shameless plug for the day. <laughs> but getting those people out there, getting the, the whole idea why you're marketing the house is to get it in front of as many buyers as you can possibly get it in front of. That's how you get the price that you need. Exactly. If you shut people out and don't let them see your home, you are not going to be very successful in selling it. And Leo, talk to us about marketing to the the neighborhoods in the that, area. That's the other thing that most folks don't do. I don't see. Um, you've got a neighborhood. You're surrounded by a neighborhood. Take some of the flyers that we talked about earlier. Professionally made flyers. Walk the neighborhood. You'll see other houses for sale in there. Go in there. Let them know that your house is for sale. Sometimes you have a somebody sitting in there on a Sunday that is a real estate agent, and there's a real estate sign in the yard. It's right down the street. Let them know there's another one. So if somebody walks in that doesn't want the house, that real estate agent is sitting. You've just given them another lead. Not just to real estate, you know, signs, but the entire neighborhood. Knock on doors. Now, you know, we don't want to put things in mailboxes or anything like that. And I would much rather hand it directly to somebody. But let your neighbors know that you're selling your home. If they have anybody that wants to move it in the neighborhood or, you know, that resource behind the resource behind the resource, let the neighborhood know. And some homeowner associations will actually help you market your home as well on community boards or community sites or, you know, different things like that. Let get the word out. Let the area know, especially if you're in an HOA or a condo association. Those managers get hit all the time by real estate agents asking them if they know of properties that are coming on for sale. Get it in their hands. Those are your neighbors. Let them know that's what you're looking to do. It's a great way to market your home. Cheap takes a few hours on the weekends. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that if you're selling by owner and when you're talking to your neighbors, tell them, you know, if you bring me a buyer that winds up buying the house, I will pay you a $1,000 referral fee for that lead. And, and I'm sure the real estate agents right now are going, you can't do that. It's illegal. It's perfectly legal. The only person in a house, in a home transaction that is not authorized to pay a referral to an unlicensed person is a licensed agent. Yep. So if you're selling it yourself, you don't have to be a, have a real estate license to sell your own home. And by all means, you can pay a referral fee yeah, to, to your neighbor or whatever if they finders fee if they bring you a buyer that winds up buying the home. You can structure it so it's done right at closing. It's done all the time. Yeah, it's not really that big a deal. And moving a little bit further down uh, down the trough here, um, and this is the thing that really gets uh, that gets folks wound up. If you're a Fisbo person and and you think that you want to you know sell your house yourself, you need to put a schedule together. Your work schedule, your significant other, your spouse, soccer games, whatever, and you better schedule some showing times in there. You better be able to schedule them 
that are flexible. Remember, you are selling it to someone else, plugging into somebody else's schedule or giving at least a few days and several hours opportunity for them to preview, call, see, talk, schedule is really important. And we see this all the time. In fact, with me, with a family member, kind of arrogant. Oh, they they need to make an appointment 24 hours in advance and only on these times because this is when I'm available to show it. Well, guess what? That house has been for sale by owner for over a year. Yeah, exactly. Over a year. Open your flexibility up. Allow them schedule times. Put it on the flyer. Stick it on your Craigslist. Be flexible with your showing times. You'll get more traffic through there, especially on the second time than the third times that they're going to come and look at it. Absolutely. You know, and one thing, think about putting a lockbox on there. Sure. And I know people think, that's crazy. I would never do that because, I, you know, it could be anybody showing up at my house. Well, you know, first of all, the best way to sell your house is to move out of it. Um, and if it's vacant, it, be, just be careful who you give the code to. Yep. I mean, as agents, we use an electronic lockbox. Unfortunately, those are only available to agents. But um, maybe working something out with a local real estate agent uh, that works with buyers on a regular basis where they'll come hold an open house at your house for you. A property uh, manager. Absolutely. They'll if, if, if there's something in it for them, they'll take advantage of it. And that's a great point right there before we go to break. Having agents come sit an open house for your house on Sunday. Absolutely. That they'll... If you call us, we'll do it. I don't have a problem sitting somebody else's open house. And I won't negotiate on your behalf, but I'll collect information and hand it over to you. These are the people that walk through the house. Here are the ones that want to talk to you. Here's what they liked. You can even go as far as having that agent do a review and have people grade your open house. How did it show? Was it clean? Did the AC come on? Um, Is it cluttered? What do they like about the rooms? And have, uh, you know, just a basic format. Sometimes it comes up with really, really simple stuff where they don't like the paint color. Well, for another $100, you can change that paint color, maybe tone down that red wall to a more of a something that's more inviting and get more buyer interest. Absolutely. So grading those homes out uh, may be of interest to you, especially for a young realtor who needs to get out there and needs to work. It's something that you can uh, really dig your teeth into. Well, folks, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little break for our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about selling your house by yourself. Stay tuned. We're the Cashflow Guys. Located in Tampa, Florida, Insured Title Agency... ITA is an independent title agency providing full title and closing services in 47 states. When choosing a title company, be sure they're underwritten by a solid title insurance company. The policy that insures your home ownership is an important one, so consider the source. ITA is underwritten by two of the largest and most sought-after underwriters, Stewart Title and Commonwealth Land Title. ITA has been underwritten by both of these companies since our inception in 2006. Every client who chooses ITA does so because of our excellent service, rather than because they were steered in our direction because of an ownership interest or some other shady agreement. We're absolutely confident that our clients see the difference every time they work with us. When you're ready to close your next real estate transaction, give Insured Title a call at 813-855- 3585. Welcome back, everybody. We are at episode five. This is part two of what started to be a two-part podcast, and we're probably going to wind up extending this over time in different segments uh, to help people who want to sell their home 
themselves for sale by owner be successful at doing that and where we left off was on uh, showing schedules and, and things like that. Leo? Yeah, the um, the important part to know, folks, is uh, making time for those buyers and those real estate agents and those folks that are going to call want to preview the house. It is a uh, tedious process, and you gotta you got to make sure you make time for that. Be accommodating. Be that person that's welcoming. If you're selling your house by yourself, be open to it. Be ready to receive a bunch of phone calls, send out a bunch of emails, and be that person that kind of transact that uh, – that process of communication and showing schedules to get to selling your house, get to a closing. And that brings us to this uh, this segment we're putting on right now is, okay, now you found the buyer. You've shown it three times. They've seen it three times. They love the place, Tyler. They think it is awesome. They're ready to go and pull the trigger and write an offer. So they write you an offer. Then what? Well, Leo, I'm glad you brought that up. Once they write you the offer, you know, the first conversations, one of the first conversations you should be having with them is, how are you going to be paying for this? That actually comes into play before you write the contract, before you really get into the offer is, how are you going to pay for it? You know, things that you're going to want as a for sale by owner or any seller is a good proof of funds. And that proof of funds is, comes in multiple parts. If it's a cash offer, you're going to want to see that they have the funds to successfully close on this. And you simply request from them, you need a proof of funds letter issued by a bank or a credit union showing that you have the funds needed to close. If the contract is for the offers for 150,000 then they should have 150,000 in cash sitting somewhere accessible. If not, then maybe they shouldn't be making the offer. Absolutely. Um talking about the financing side of it, not not seller financing, but if they go to the bank, Bank of America or one someplace like that and are going to get a loan, a mortgage to purchase the property, generally, unless they're a veteran and they're coming in no money down, generally the bank's going to require them to put some sort of earnest, some sort of money down with the, with the contract. For example, if it's FHA, they may have to put down 3 4%, something like that. Um, but before all that, for a contract to be enforceable in the state of Florida, there must be a consideration. A consideration is an earnest money deposit. Money. The law does not address how much it needs to be. It could be a dollar. Could be a thousand dollars, could be fifty thousand dollars, but that is a tool that you could use as a seller to determine how serious somebody is. Now, often when when we do these uh, for our clients, we just tell the buyers that we'd like to see a thousand dollar earnest money deposit until the inspection period is over with, which is usually anywhere from seven to fourteen, fifteen days, and then after that period, they should be able to remit the balance of the money owed. Uh, to close of the monies that they're owed minus their loan funds and whatnot that they should be able to produce that so in a cash transaction for example i would usually request that they would put a thousand dollars down and let's say a good 20 percent deposit after that inspection period that shows that they're serious that's the big thing they, they're they going to show that they're serious about it putting you know a couple hundred bucks down that's easy to walk away from and remember folks they could be shopping in other houses or, or looking for kind of backups or you know you don't know so uh making sure that they are i don't want to say on the hook but they're serious about buying that property they're going to be able to put some money down off it uh, uh for the offer well you know when you're taking these these uh offers that have financing contingencies, make sure that the, they, the buyer provides a pre-approval letter that should say, not pre-qualification. That's different. what lenders try to do. Different, different. They're totally different. A pre-qualification, I can issue a pre-qualification letter. Yep, sounds qualified to me. Yeah, boom, go. Pre-qualification, or pre-approval rather, means that they have verified their, their employment, they have pulled their credit, 
they have made sure that they qualify for the loan that they're going to tell you they're going to get. Critical, critical thing. But there's there's more. There's even more to it than that. Don't just accept the letter. No, verify it. Pick up verify the phone. It. Call that lender. Pick up the phone and call it. Now, if it's one of those name brand lenders and things like that, that's perfectly fine. I'm still calling on that. But even if it's an, uh, a lender that you haven't heard of, maybe out west and they're coming from you know somewhere out there and it's a small community bank or whatever it may be, pick up the phone. There should be a letterhead on there that will show a telephone number. Verify. They're not going to tell you, they're not going to give you too much information, but they will at least be able to verify on account number, blah, 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 and you'll tell them the amount that they're uh, pre-approved for, and they will either say yes or no. Yes, Absolutely. they are, or no, they're not. They won't give you any any more information for you know for privacy's sake, but you can at least verify that letter because you know I can print up all kinds of letters on my computer. We got to make sure it's accurate and verifiable. Which speaks of speaking of letters on the computer, the the contract is the next thing that we want to talk about briefly here. Where the contract we recommend, and I'm sure any attorney that you talk to would agree that. Use the Florida FAR Bar contract. That contract was put out by the Florida Association of Realtors. That's where the FAR comes from. And the Florida Bar Association. That's where the, the bar comes from. Bar Association is the uh, professional organization that kind of oversees the attorneys. That contract is what they call is, is fair between both parties. It, it has protections written in for both the buyer and the seller. I recently, I was looking at buying a little piece of rental property, a little mobile home, and the seller wanted me to sign a contract. It was just a one-page, I, Tyler Chef, promised to give John Smith $10,000 for this property. It didn't address anything else. It didn't address whether he had to give me a warranty deed or if I had to get clear title or any of that. It didn't address the closing date. I said, you know... I'm not signing this if we can't. And he refused to sign the Florida state contract, which automatically made me suspicious. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, in the, that, the contract is positions itself in neutrality. However, it has parentheses, so to speak, or barriers in there of customer advocacy and customer protection, starting with effective dates on when the contract is actually effective, when it was submitted. And just because it was signed doesn't mean it's a contract. It has to be accepted by the the selling party. That's when it really goes into effect. Absolutely. And if it's a counter, it has to be accepted by the, the buyer. It, it, it's where that meeting of minds takes place. That's the document that all of the, your verbal conversations are solidified in. So make sure if you've had these verbal conversations that it's written into the comment section on the back of that contract. Absolutely. You've also going as far in the FAR bar contract, but you'll identify inspection periods and how they... Uh, how long they last, and then if that inspection period lapses, what happens after that. Also, it addresses mutual expectations on both sides from the seller and the buyer. It keeps everybody moving forward in the contract, and if there is a stall in the contract, it will spell out what has to happen. Walk away, renegotiate, or invalid. It's a void contract. But it's important to be able to use a contract like that, and the FAR bar one is the one certainly that we recommend. Absolutely. And, you know, whether it's cash or, or they're, they're getting a loan or they're paying cash doesn't matter. The key is you're going to have to stay on top of that buyer and make it sure that they're following all the steps they have to to get the loan. Yep. As far as, you know, making sure they have those funds in place, these are critical things because the next session we're going to talk about is the closing. If you don't follow these steps and babysit these buyers all the way to closing, you're never going to see that closing table. No, that's true. And, and folks that are selling their house by themselves – typically, not everybody, but typically they think, okay, I got a contract, 
It's accepted. The buyer's going to pay everything else, and away we go. I'll meet you in a month at the closing table, give you my check. Absolutely not. Doesn't happen. First thing you need to do when you get to the, when you get ready when you get something under contract, call a good title company. Interview a few title companies. We use Insured Title over in Tampa. Uh, they do a great job for us. They'll work with with anyone. Uh, call them up. Send them a copy of the contract. When they get the copy of the contract, the first thing they're going to do is pull title, uh, and they're going to. That's where the escrow money will go. The earnest money deposit that the buyer gave you. Get, put that in escrow. That way, state law applies. There's protections built in by working with a title company. Yeah, and if there's uh, any failure in the contract, that escrow is dispersed back to uh, who it belongs to, and. You know, if you don't want to use a title company, certainly you can go to an attorney. Um, now, the attorneys are perfectly fine for bar, you know, the bar association, obviously, on, on this contract. But the, the thing about the attorney for me is um, how many real estate transactions do they do? Are they experienced in it? Is this in their dossier? Is it something that they specialize in? Um, are they just doing it on the side? Because uh, we see it all the time. A title company... Their job is to make sure that the title policy is accurate and closing is moving forward. Sometimes attorneys that are doing work on the side, doing a little real estate jobs on the side, they've got other stuff that's going on. And these, it can drag is what I'm saying. They can really, really drag out. Title companies are used to working within the timelines specified. Attorneys, not so much. So you've got to interview an attorney if you're using that to make sure that they can handle the case and get this thing closed for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, when you're working with an attorney, use, try to try, use a real estate attorney. You know, that's one of the mistakes that people make selling the house themselves is they may use their, I don't know, their general attorney or their, their corporate attorney, attorney right? or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But it, pick up the phone and call your attorney and ask them for a referral to a good real estate attorney. Yep. You know, a good attorney will appreciate that and refer you to a colleague that specializes in real estate to facilitate the closing. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is have this fall apart in the last couple of weeks because, you know, the, the attorney's not doing his job. He's gone on vacation or he's, he's in court for the week or working on a different case. And that kind of brings us to the, the last seven days, last two weeks, when everything is coming together. The inspections are ordered. They've come back. You've got a wind mitigation. You've got a survey coming in. The appraisal's already come in, and all this documentation comes together. It's kind of a two-way street. It's a cash buyer street or a finance buyer street. And the cash buyer typically it's a little easier they're going to work a a little more expeditious and uh, some of the same rules don't apply but staying in the loop staying in that process the last couple of weeks so that you can review that hud one making sure everything is accurate title is accurate and above all making sure you get the clear to close if it's a finance buyer in that last week when all the due diligence is done there should be an issue of clear to close. That means you can get down to it and get this kind of get this deal done. Yeah, one one little tip that we forgot to mention earlier is when you interview a, a title company, which should be early on in the selling process, it should be before you get offers. Ask them to give you to prepare you an estimated closing statement based on your asking price. When you get a contract, an offer that you agree to. Ask for an updated copy. That's going to show you what your true net is based on the contract that you agreed to. Think about the getting these, this information first before you say, sign your name on the dotted line to make sure you're happy with the bottom line. That's the time to address any issues before you get under contract. That's what a good agent would do is they would sit down with you and do a seller net sheet to show you what your net 
proceeds are going to be from the sale. How they do that is they get that information from the title company in the form of a, what they call a, a prelim or a preliminary HUD-1 HUD closing statement. It's a U.S. government closing statement that's used in all real estate transactions. So critical point in the process, knowing how much you're going to walk away with. Absolutely. That's the last little part of the process right there and get down to close and uh, hopefully you'll be able to sell your house by yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, we certainly appreciate you tuning in to the Cashflow Guys podcast, and we've got lots of great information on our website. If you go to cashflowguys.com, you can find out all kinds of stuff. My name is Leo Young, and that's Tyler Sheff right over there. We're the Cashflow Guys. Thank you for joining us. And lastly, if you, if you have questions on what we covered today, please don't hesitate to reach out, for, reach out to us. That's what we're here for. Uh, be happy to help you walk you through the process if you need it. And if you are looking for qualified real estate professionals to help you through this process, cashflowguys.com. Use the contact us button or info at cashflowguys.com. Thanks so much, folks. We'll see you on our next episode.